Good morning, City Church. Hey, you guys are amazing. How generous were you this year? Think about that. We gave 4,800 pounds, over 4,800 pounds of food and different items to be able to be a blessing in our city. And then the $5,000 that we just gave that she said is helping over 500 families during this Christmas season. Now think about how amazing that is. So those families, there's probably at least two people in a family, so at least 1,000 people are eating, not having to go hungry this Christmas because of you guys. Give yourself a hand. That is amazing. That is one of the reasons we are called the City Church, is that we actually want to be a blessing to our city. That we are here for the city, not the other way around. We're here to be a blessing to the city, to proclaim the gospel to the city, to teach the city about Jesus, and then to actually do good things in the city that God that God has called us to. Can I get an amen? Already excited about Christmas. Such a great event every year. Such a great thing to celebrate as a church family. Jesus coming to the world. And, you know, I, I don't know the exact number of how many countries around the world are celebrating Christmas, but it's a lot. And it's an amazing event to think about. And as Alan mentioned earlier in the service, you know, we do so many different things at, at Christmas. We, we change our clothes. Uh, we change the food that we eat. We change the decorations in our house, inside and outside of our house. We change our playlists, the things that we're listening to, because it's Christmas time. And then sometimes uh, what I would say, maybe not for us who are followers of Jesus, but maybe people walking in the, in the malls don't know why they're singing about a Savior. The, the playlists in the malls are changing, and they're singing about Jesus in the malls. And what we want to do at this Christmas season is we want to remember the why of the familiar. So many things are familiar to us at Christmas time, and one of those big things uh, that we do and we celebrate it a lot of times again, and we don't necessarily know why we celebrate generosity, and we just celebrated your generosity, and then we we give gifts as a tradition. Whether you know you Christmas Eve, how many are Christmas Eve gift openers in the room? Do we have any of those? We got a few, and then Christmas morning for the rest of you. But we're giving gifts. And again, a lot of times we don't actually know why we're giving gifts. It's just something we do, and it's a great thing. We know it spurs on the economy. That's a great thing. But the giving of gifts as a practice, that we would give something to somebody else and not expect anything in return having to do with the love in our heart for them, is just such a godly practice. God is a generous God. And as we go through this Christmas season, we just want to remember God's generosity. All that has come to the earth with Jesus. And that's what we call Christmas season a lot of times is the Advent. And really what we are celebrating um, in December is not, even though we celebrate Jesus' birthday, so to speak, on December 25th. Did you know that Jesus wasn't actually born on December 25th? I didn't hope I didn't ruin anybody's faith in this moment. We don't actually know when Jesus was born, but what we are celebrating in December is the Advent, the coming of a special person. That is what an Advent is, a significant person. And the church has chosen many centuries ago to choose to celebrate at this time. And we should celebrate, you know, even though it's not a specific day that is Jesus' birthday, the, the remembering of God gave us Jesus, and the significance of what it means is more important than the day. And that's, that's what we want to celebrate all December long, is God's generosity to us. 
And just this last series that we talked about, we know that Jesus is the main figure in the scriptures. But we know Jesus is our Savior. So who is Jesus saving? Jesus is saving all of us. Jesus came to be the Savior of the world. And so we are also uh, intrinsic in the scripture because God is saving people and we are the people that need saving. So we can see ourselves in the scripture based on what God has done. And so just celebrating all that God gives. God pours out of his spirit. God gives his favor. God gives us grace. God gives us freedom from sin. The scripture tells us, for God so loved the world that he sent his son. So what are we celebrating? This December season, this Christmas season, that God loves us so much that he sent Jesus. See, you can give without love, but you can't love without giving. Intrinsic in love is just the idea of giving that God loves us and that he is always giving to us. And we see this pattern in, in scripture over and over again, God coming down to meet humanity. When, when Adam and Eve sinned, God came down. And we see that God came down to Abraham and God came down to Moses. This pattern that we see over and over again in the scripture. And this is what we're celebrating at the advent, at the advent of the coming of the Son of God. That God came down to us, and Jesus, because God loves us, he gives to us. So that's what we're going to be looking at um, this whole season, just looking at some of the things that God has given to us. So let's read here one of the stories uh, famous to us that's already very familiar to us. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 says this. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. Remember last week we talked about how greatness comes, that greatness comes through serving. And so the reason that Jesus is great, that he has served salvation to all. You shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom, of his kingdom, there will be no end. Another spot talking about the coming of Jesus, that he came to save his people from their sins. And so this significant thing that the angel said, I want you to call his name Jesus. Here's what I want you to name your child, not any old name. Yeah, not your name or my name, but I want you to call him Jesus. Now, what was significant about a name in this time that a name just didn't have any old meaning. People would look at the definitions of names, and it was, it was on purpose a lot of time what they were naming their child. And the reason that Jesus was important, it's the, the name that we are so familiar with that we sang this morning, uh, the transliteration of, of who uh, the name Jesus was Yeshua. 
And so all of these has to do with a connection with God and God who is one who saves. Jesus' name means God will save or God saves or the Lord saves. The name of the Lord is holy. He is awesome. It signifies his personal presence and it designates his character. So when we think about who Jesus is and the angel uh, sent from God was saying, this is his name that God saves. Aren't you thankful for a savior today? That God didn't leave us in our sin, that God didn't leave us on our own, that he actually sent his son to save us. Now, when we think about salvation, it has uh, many inferences all the way through the scripture that the children of Israel were saved from Egyptian bondage. This was actually a physical place, a physical condition that they were in. And then God saved them from that place. And then we experience a spiritual salvation now because of Jesus. Now, the definitions, some definitions of salvation is this, Yeshua. Does that sound familiar? That Jesus' name actually means salvation. It's a powerful word with connotations of deliverance. The Hebrew word means to deliver. The noun Yeshua comes from his root and is usually translated as salvation or deliverance, depending on the context. The noun can be also translated as help, victory, prosperity. Its, it's basic thing to say is rescue from danger or distress. That God wants to help you and I. Aren't you thankful for that? That we can actually experience victory in our lives. That we can actually experience the blessing of God in our lives because of the Savior. The advent of the Savior coming, the Savior of the world, and salvation means all of these things, that he would rescue us out of our circumstances, and then he would bring all of these blessings. Jesus went to the cross, spirit, soul, and body. So God has provided salvation for us, spirit, soul, and body. And one of the things, again, that's beautiful about salvation is that we can't earn it. It's just a gift that's given to us. We have to stop trying to earn our salvation. We have to stop thinking about, oh, I, I've done this many good things this week, and so I can pray a prayer, and since I'm such a good person, if I pray this prayer, God will hear me. No. The only reason God hears us when we pray is because we have the gift of a Savior. And he is our go-between, and we can pray to God. We have access to God because of the gift of salvation. We can't earn it. Think about the gifts that you give at Christmas time. You have a child, whatever age they might be, and then you give them a gift, and after they open the gift, do you say, I just want to let you know this is forty nine ninety nine. And I'm going to expect an e-transfer shortly. Dad, I don't have a bank account where you're going to need to get one because you need to pay for this gift that I gave you. See, this is how people think about their relationship with God. I'll do all of this. I'm going to do this thing. And I did this terrible thing this week. And I made a mistake this week and I sinned. So instead of coming to God for forgiveness, the thing that he offers, what do we try to do? We try to clean ourselves up. We try to be 
good. We try to be righteous. But it only comes as a gift. This is the good news of a Savior. That we all need saving. We all need saving. Even the most intellectual person in the room watching online who think you think the idea of sin is so antiquated. A sort of kind of an old-fashioned idea. That God is a holy God. And the only way sinful people can come in his presence is to receive the gift of a Savior. See, the people that might not actually believe in the concept of sin or think it's outdated or old-fashioned, you actually have standards. You have standards for how people ought to treat you. Everybody has a version of that standard. And what I would say about the standards that you have, you don't even live up to your own standards. And neither do I. What is that? It's sin. See, you believe in sin. You just don't know that you believe in sin. See, we can't make our way back to God. The story of Christmas, what we're celebrating in December, is this generous God that we serve who loves us so much. doesn't leave us alone. sends his son. When we think about salvation, it's also this idea that it's past and it's present. And its future. The salvation was provided in the past. The scripture tells us Jesus lamb slain before the foundation of the world. In the heart and mind of God. That he had provided a way for us after we sinned. After man fall, has fallen short. He's provided a way for us to have fellowship with him. A relationship with him. And then there's a time in our past where we said yes. There was a moment where we actually received what God had provided. God had provided salvation long before we were born. So there's a moment in our past where we said, yes, I can't save myself. I want to receive this gift of a Savior. The present tense of thought about our salvation is that we would actually live in the goodness of God. That we would live in the rescue of God. That we would live in the victory of God. That we would live in the goodness of God every day when we get up. We need to remind ourselves, oh yeah, I have a Savior. I have a Savior who rescues me. I I have a Savior who gives me wisdom. I have a Savior who gives me forgiveness. I have a Savior who gives me his blessing. He is generous to me. He thinks of me as his child. So every day, it should put a smile on our face that I have a Savior. And we live in present tense in the grace of God. Not getting up every morning, oh man, I got to get on this, the treadmill today. Well, I mean, it's good to go on a treadmill. I'm talking about the treadmill of good works. The hamster wheel of good works, trying to make God happy. No, God has made provision. That doesn't mean that we should be foolish and we should live a life of sin. That's not what I'm suggesting. We should live in the goodness of God, the reality of every moment. Because how many know that we have some busy days coming up in December? Do you have any busy days coming up? Some days where you know, you got to fight for a parking spot at the mall. Or you got to party with your family. With your extended family. With your crazy uncle, you got to go to the party with your crazy uncle. And he just 
might get crazy at the party. That day, you need to live in the salvation of God. God, help me today as I get up to go and spend time with my family. Salvation, the presentness. Emmanuel, God with us. That means in every moment. In every moment, he's there to deliver and forgive and heal. Past, present, future, that my eternity is secure. That I will spend eternity in God's presence. A new heaven and a new earth. Why? Because we serve a Savior. Because we have a Savior. Because we've said yes to the Savior. Thank God for a Savior. Thank God for his generous heart to not leave us in our sin. Here are some thoughts about salvation. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Such a high priest truly meets our need. One who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. To save completely, one translation says, to save to the uttermost. That God can save us, spirit, soul, and body. That God can save us completely, wholly. Because of who he is, because he is sinless and blameless, the perfect high priest. Again, that one who has made a way for us to be in relationship with God. We cannot sit in this place because we have sinned and, and we've made mistakes. We, in and of ourselves, don't experience the holiness of God. But because of Jesus, we can be in his holy presence. Can you sense the presence of God this morning as we were singing and worshiping God? Aren't you thankful for God's presence? Do you know that we don't have the presence of God in our lives because we're awesome? We have the presence of God in our lives because Jesus is awesome. And he can save us completely to the uttermost. He's there interceding for us. The perfect high priest, the perfect go-between. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name. What is his name? His name is salvation. His name is deliverance. His name is rescue. His name tells us there's a God who helps us. There's a God who gives us victory. So that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the God, the glory of God the Father. The highest name. And what does the highest name do? The highest name is the one who saves us. How about just, just the simplicity of help? I, I was watching... Um, this past last week, the, the um, documentary series they released about the Beatles, and one of the famous songs from the Beatles is Help. I need somebody. Now, it's nice to have help from people, 
What about help from God? Doesn't that compare differently? It's nice to have help from a person. Thank God for help from people. But what about the help of God? He's always present. What a beautiful, simple prayer that we can pray constantly. Thank you, Lord, for your help. I need your help in this moment. And he provides that for us. That is his name. The name above every name. The highest name. The name that brings us help. Acts chapter 2 verse 21. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. See, salvation is available to all. Again, this is the beautiful Christmas story that salvation is available to everyone. For all of us. The call goes out. From, from gospel messages in the songs that we sing at the mall, the call is going out that there is a Savior. And he is available to all. He has made a way for all people. And aren't you glad that we are all people? That he saved us. Acts chapter 4 verse 11. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which you must be saved. There's salvation in no one else. I mentioned this last week, that the other world religions are not offering you a person that's saying they are the Savior. They're saying, here are the rules. Here's the doctrine. But followers of Jesus, we've accepted a person. His name is Jesus. He's the Savior. He's made a way. There's no other name. And leaders of those other religions will tell you the same. That they don't have a name. That they're saying is the Savior. It's like, here, follow these rules. Follow this. You might get there. You might not. You might achieve enlightenment. You might not. But salvation is found in the name of Jesus. Romans chapter 10, verse 8 says this. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And this is why we pray this prayer at the end of every service. That we want to make an opportunity for someone to say yes. Just to make that declaration, oh, oh Jesus is Lord. I'm not Lord, not some other person, person is Lord, but Jesus is Lord. For with the heart, one believes and is justified. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same, the Lord. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches upon all who call on his name. So who is salvation available to? Everybody. All. That God is wooing everybody by his spirit. God is calling out to all people by his spirit. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. 
will be saved. There's no difference between Jew and Greek. In other words, that's everybody. Salvation is available for everybody. That's why we think you should invite someone to church in this weird, crazy season that somebody needs to hear about Jesus. Somebody needs to know the why of the carols in the mall. That there is actually a why of all of this. All of this celebration, all of this gift gifting, all of the, the food that we cook, and all of the things that we're doing, there's a really big why. And his name is Jesus. Last thing we're going to talk about this morning is God's favor. Did you see what the angel said to Mary? He said, You're a favored one, that God's favor is upon you. Do you know? That God's favor is upon you. God's favor is upon you. God has given you his favor. He's poured it out. Are you excited about that today? Or are you thinking about Turkey and coming in a couple weeks? Favor. Have you ever, have you ever had somebody do something for you that was like unexpected? They did. It was like, wow, that was so nice. Do you know God gives you his favor every day? He just pours his favor out upon us. Favor is the bestowal of blessings. Listen, God's favor is God has good will towards you. God has good thoughts about you because of Jesus. pours out his favor. Listen to what the definition of favor is. Partiality. Gracious kindness. A special privilege granted. A token of love. Now listen, this is something we know. A small decorative item given out at a party. What are those called? Party favors. You're like, aw, gift for me. So sweet. You gave me something. Now, we, one of the definitions there was uh, partiality. Now, we are not supposed to show partiality to people and put one person above another. But God is able to show all of us partiality at the same time. We're all his favorite children. Moms and dads, you shouldn't have a favorite child. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> now, there might be a child that's cooperating better at any given moment, but the one that's cooperating can't be your favorite. You need to love the one that isn't. Extra, maybe. If you know what I'm saying, they need some extra love and attention. But God has the ability, again, listen, to show all of us partiality at the same time. See, God's favor isn't fair. But it isn't fair for all of us because none of us deserve it. But he offers it to each one. He shows up to Mary. His favor upon Mary. Why is there favor upon Mary? Because God 
giving favor to all mankind. That God's gracious kindness is poured out on humanity because at the advent of the Savior, the coming of the Savior that God has good will toward us. Listen to these verses. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 15 says, In the light of the king's face, there is life, and his favor is like the clouds that bring the spring rain. His favor. What is, what is, the, what is the idea of the king's face? The countenance in the King James. God is actually smiling at you. Even if you haven't said yes to him yet. Even if you're the quote-unquote prodigal child. Even if you know better right now than how you're living and how you're acting, you know God has not given up on you. In the light of his countenance, that God gives his favor to all. He offers us his salvation to all. And it should really, it should change our lives. That I wake up every day, God's favor is upon me. His help today for me is a dad, as a dad is upon me. God's help, his favor upon me to do my job well is upon me. God's favor is upon me to help the decisions that I need to make. His favor is on me every day. That we need to see ourselves sitting in front of the king who's smiling at us. His favor isn't fair, but it isn't fair for everybody. Proverbs chapter 3. Verse 3 says this, Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Remember the favor of God. Write it down. Think about it. Write it on your heart. I am God's favorite. Let's say it out loud. I am God's favorite. He's able to give his favor to all of us. He wants us to remember that, to think about that. John 1, verse 16. And from his fullness we have received grace upon grace. Grace upon grace. Gift upon gift. That's what grace is. It's just God's favor. These are, these are synonymous terms. God gives us his favor upon favor. Can you think of anywhere in your life right now that you need God's favor? Where you need God's help? Where you need God's rescue? Where you need God's blessing? Let's, let's bind it around our hearts. Let's write it down in the recesses of our mind. That God's favor is upon his rescue, his help. Second Corinthians chapter 6. We'll finish with this. Verse 1 says this, working together with him then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time, I have listened to you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. 
The same thing that was on Mary, God's favor, and then the Savior comes. That is this day. This is the day. This is the time of God's favor and his salvation. What about when you get up tomorrow morning? This verse is going to read the same. Not now is the time. Now is the time of God's salvation. Now is the time of God's favor. That God gives us what we don't deserve because of his goodness, because of his character, because of his name. Now is that day. Let's just pray this morning. Father God, we love you so much. We thank you for your salvation. We thank you for your favor upon us. God, and we, like Mary, are humbled that you would show up in our lives and offer us such a wonderful gift. God, we don't deserve your favor. We don't deserve the salvation that you offer, but you give it anyway because of your steadfast love. Because of your love for us that doesn't quit, even when we want to quit. Your love doesn't quit. That you remain faithful even when we aren't. God, we are in awe of you today. That you give us saving grace. That you give us help for every moment. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you are in the room today or you are watching online, and you feel like you've never received God's salvation that he, as we've talked about today, offers to everybody. You know, December 2021 is the best time to say yes to Jesus. December 5th. The second best time, December 6th. Third best time. (laughs) Every day is the day we say yes. But if you've never started your faith journey, I'm going to pray a prayer here in a second. I invite you to pray along with me again. It's just a a starting place of our faith journey. It's just a heart posture where we are saying, can't save ourselves. But I actually want to receive this favor that God offers. I actually want to receive this salvation that God has provided for all mankind. The gospel the good news stories that Jesus came as we are celebrating all all month long. But he didn't remain a baby in a manger. He actually died on a cross. God raised him from the dead. And all of this happened so that we could actually have a relationship with God. That Jesus, our perfect high priest, has made a way for us to experience the righteousness of God. Righteousness just means right standing, right relationship with God. So if you've never done that today, I invite you to pray along with me. If you're at home, I invite you to do the same thing. So church, we're all going to pray this out loud together to help somebody that might be praying it for the first time. So let's bow our head and close our eyes and let's pray this out loud together. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he came and lived a sinless life. Died on a cross. You raised him from the dead. So I could know you. So today I say yes to that relationship. I say yes to that, your righteousness. God, I call you my Father. And Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways and turn from my own. I thank you for salvation today. In 
Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's congratulate those that might have done that for the first time. Hey, if that is you this morning and you prayed that prayer, made that decision for the very first time, we are so excited and we actually want to partner with you on your journey of faith. Jesus has called us all to be disciples, not just converts. And so discipleship is a long, a lifelong journey of understanding who God is and what God has called us to. So we actually have some materials that we want to put into your hand. So if you're here in the room, if you can just head out to the info desk there in the lobby, one of our team members will be happy to give you those materials. And if you are watching online today and you pray that prayer for the first time, we would love to get those same materials into your hands. So if you just email us at info at thecitychurch.ca, we will mail you those same materials. Now, we know that people have been coming to the building and coming back to the building, and some people have been coming for the very first time. So if this is your first time here, uh, physically in the building at the City Church, we actually have something that we would love to give you as well, just as a gift for being here today. We would love to connect with you. So if you also head to the info desk um, in the lobby, we will give you those materials. Well, thank you for coming uh, December 5th as we kick off our Christmas season here at the City Church. Each week is going to have some great fun stuff, so you don't want to miss being in the building any of those weeks. Thank you for coming to church today. We'll see you next Sunday. You're dismissed.